All right, church, good morning. As you can tell, we're back in the book of Luke after taking a hiatus and going through an Advent series in the book of Luke and decided to come back into Luke. Some people are, uh, if you've heard of the, the red letter, Christians only, and I, I think at Sower we've decided to become Luke, Luke Christians only. Um, at some point we might get back into another book. I'm sure we will. Uh, well, we're going to jump into Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 20, is where we're kicking back uh, back into this series. Uh, so I'm going to read that and pray, and we'll get going here. So Luke chapter 10, verse 1, says, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out his laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you and remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your, of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. And we're going to stop there for now. Let's pray. Father, we, we love you. We thank you for your word. Thank you for your gospel that has impacted our lives and the people you've sent into our lives. And we thank you that you've called us to be a part of your work. God, open our eyes to the power and the truth of your word. And I pray, Father, that you would give us your heart for uh, your people, for the nations, that you would uh, help us to become more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So one of the stories that I, I love to, to share with people is how I got connected with uh, a church in Kansas. Uh, I went to the University of Kansas my sophomore year. How I got connected to them, and that's where God really impacted my life, transformed my life, was through this college ministry, this church, uh, this people there. And it was actually through my great uncle, Les. So Les is... Uh, just an amazing man of God that anybody who gets to know him, meet him is, is truly blessed. And because Les is a, a man who is, he's generous, so generous with all that he has, a, a soft hearted man. It's, it's hard to spend time with him without him welling up over people and what God's doing in the lives of people. Uh, and it's just, just totally committed to what God is doing in his life and through his life. And so Les, his story is that he grew up in a, a Roman Catholic family. Our, our family is a Roman Catholic family. And, 
and got into a, a, a time of heavy drinking and just waywardness. And God rescued him, took him out of the pit and, and totally transformed his life and his marriage. And, and to see the life that he has today is truly a testimony to God's power. Several years later, uh, after his conversion story, God put it on Les's heart to, uh, gave him a conviction to bring the gospel to his family, to reach out, go back to his family, and to share the good news of Christ with them. So him and his wife would travel an hour every Sunday to lead a Bible study for my grandparents were there, my parents were there, several of my aunts and uncles would, would join, other extended family members all would come to our place Sunday nights for this Bible study and, and it played a major impact on, uh, my parents' conversion to faith, uh, their faith in general. Other people in our family I know were, were very impacted by them going and, and sharing the word, uh, with my family. Also, during this time, uh, as they're coming to my family, I ended up transferring to the University of Kansas where they were supporting a missionary, Dan and his family and their college ministry there. So Les and Sandy, uh, his wife, that they're supporting this missionary. They hear that I'm transferring to KU. So they call Dan up. They call me up. It's like, oh, you guys got to get connected that first week of classes. And and Dan likes to share how he's like, yeah, there's I get lots of these calls. It's probably never going to happen. But I was looking for a group to be a part of. And I wasn't following the Lord truly, but I was interested and I connected and, and God totally transformed my life that semester, uh, got saved and began walking as a disciple. And it was all because of Les and Sandy saying yes to what God was putting on their heart, the conviction, the desire to, to bring the word of God, to bring the gospel to those, uh, around them. And also for, for Dan and Lori to say yes to, the call to be an ambassador uh, on the campus and to bring the gospel, to bring the good news of Christ to those around them. And I'm sure many of us have similar stories of God working through the people around us, through loved ones, through maybe even strangers who were ambassadors of Christ, who came with the life of Christ, with the message of the good news of Christ, to love on us, to share with us the hope that is in Christ and has led to our salvation. Uh, and this is really the way that God loves to work. God loves to work through his people, bringing the life and the love of Christ to one another. In fact, Jesus's plan is for the kingdom of God and its blessings to spread. His plan for, for his kingdom to spread is through ambassadors, his ambassadors carrying his peace his life, his message to those around them, nearby cities, and as Mike mentioned with the IMB to, and beyond, to the nations, that, that the people would know the truth, that they would know the one true God, that they would know his way of finding life and, and salvation. And then to us, he says, therefore go. That's what we see in this passage. That's what we see in the Great Commission. Right? This is what he calls us to as Christians. This is a, a core part of the work that God is doing in the world. A core part of the work he's doing is, 
is he's calling us to, to answer the call to live life before him as his ambassadors. I love, um, even in this past month, hearing a number of stories from, from many of you sharing, uh, opportunities of sharing the gospel with, uh, neighbors, friends, family, uh, coworkers. Uh, and it's encouraging for me. It's inspiring for me and my own faith. But I also know that being an ambassador of Christ is not an easy thing, right? Being an ambassador, someone who is carrying the gospel to those around them is, is something that is not easy. And it's also, it is easy to let it fall to the wayside, right? We can get into our daily routines, our, our lives, our families, our, our work, even our community groups and church, a lot of really good things. But this, this call to be an ambassador can fall to the wayside. So this, this time of year after Christmas, before the new year, jump, jumping into new year is, is a great time for reflection on this past year, on where we're at. It's a, it's a great time for considering where are we going and, and redirecting in ways. And, and I want us to consider one area this morning, and that is as our passage is leading us to, this call to be an ambassador of Christ. How are we doing in that? How can we grow in that? So let's turn to our passage in Luke chapter 10. Verse 1. This is, uh, so the context here, Jesus is heading to Jerusalem for his final trip to Jerusalem where he accomplishes his work of the cross and the resurrection, and, and he's sending out uh, his disciples. Verse 1, it says he appoints 72 other disciples to be his ambassadors, to go and to go into all the towns that he's about to go himself, two by two, carrying the message of, of Christ and of the gospel of the kingdom to them. He did this with the 12 disciples, before this, not long before this, and he's doing it again with 72 other disciples. Again, this is, this is his modus operandi. This is his way of going about his work. And then he gives a, a pregame speech and he tells them that the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful. There are people out there. There are many people out there who I have called to be my own, who are ready to walk with me. And in fact, there are so many that you won't even be able to scratch the surface. The harvest is plentiful. And this is important because he's saying, as you go, don't become prideful when things go really well and you see God work in amazing ways. Because again, you're not even going to be able to scratch the surface. And you have to pray. We're going to pray for more laborers. But also, if things don't go as you desire and Sure, for many of us, there are people that we want to know Christ, whether it's family members, neighbors, friends, and it's like, God, what, why, why is it taking so long? Why are you not answering our prayers in this way? And, and I think he, Jesus is saying to his disciples and to us, don't give up hope. The harvest is plentiful. Pray earnestly for more laborers that would go out and, and carry uh, the good news of Christ. To those in need. He also, in verse uh, three and four here, he's 
wanting to teach his disciples and to help them learn trust and dependence upon him as they go and carry this message. Uh, he says uh, he, that I'm sending you out as, as lambs in the midst of wolves, that there's going to be opposition that you face. There's going to be a persecution that you face. But I want you to learn uh, trust. I want you to learn dependence upon me in the, in the difficulties that you face as you go about this work. And also that you're not going to have everything that you need up front. That I'm going to provide all that you need along the way. That you're not to carry a, a knapsack, a money bag, sandals, because I'm going to provide all that you need as you go to each house and they provide uh, the food, the clothing, and whatever is needed for you. So he's teaching them that, you, that I want you to learn to trust me and to depend upon me as you go about your life, as you go about this, this work that he's called you to. And then when they get to the town, they're to say, as they enter the house, peace be upon this house. And if they were received as uh, they're carrying the peace, the message of peace as an ambassador of Christ. So if they were to be received and welcomed with hospitality, that they were receiving Christ and his message in that way. And they were to say, the kingdom of God has come near to you. They're to heal the sick uh, and to, to bring the blessings of the kingdom upon them. But if they were rejected, they were still to say, the kingdom of God has come near to you, but in the form of judgment and not so in the form of, of blessing. So as I read through this passage, one question, uh, one of the first questions that come to my mind is, uh, what was Jesus' purpose here? What was his goal in sending out the, the disciples? Well, and I think in this mission, but also even more broadly, and I think this gives us a sense of even his broader mission and purpose of, of what he's doing and sending out his ambassadors. And three, three things come to mind that I see in this passage. Uh, the first is pretty obvious that he wants to win more souls to himself. Jesus is sending out disciples and really wants to send us out to win more souls to himself. The harvest field is plentiful. The, the crops, the fruit are ready to be taken in. Uh, there are lives and souls ready to come to Christ to find the well of living water, eternal life. And I think about what an incredible joy it is to drink of the living water of Christ. I mean, the, if you remember that, if you continue to, to drink of this living water of Christ, the, the joy that is found in the forgiveness of, of God and the great debt that we had towards our Creator, uh, the, the guilt and the shame that, that weighed us down, that He washed white as snow. An incredible uh, act of forgiveness. And many of you spent time with, with family and friends uh, this last few days and, or will, and, and you're well aware of, I'm sure, um, if you're like me, if you're breathing, the, the need for forgiveness or the need for others to forgive you and how a lot of the times that isn't there. So I think we're well aware of, of the power that is, is found in forgiveness and what God has forgiven us. I also think of the, the reality of being given a new heart. 
that God gives us a new heart. He breaks the chains of the power of sin in our lives. The sin that, that held us down, that, that we were walking in darkness and God set us free. And the freedom of Christ that He gives us that is in no comparison to the freedom that the world offers us. And even just the joy of being reconciled with our God. To know Him, to walk with Him, to be His His child, His son or His daughter. Like this is the, the joy that we've experienced. This is the reality of winning souls to Christ. Uh, and it's, man, that God would bring more and more people to the amazing grace of God and the redemption of God. Amen? He wants to win more souls to Himself. Uh, number two, He also he wants to equip laborers. He wants to equip us as disciples to go as ambassadors. We see this in Romans 10, a familiar passage. Uh, says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, will be saved. But then it says, How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him in whom they have never heard? How are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Again, I think of the, the story I, knew, I started with. How beautiful are the feet of those who preached the good news to us and brought us that salvation. Jesus carries out His plan through equipping and sending us, His people, with our various giftings, with our various callings into the harvest field, to the people around us. And He also, he also just loves to work with His children. I mean, you think about how uh, if you have children, just the, the, the beauty, the power of working with your children. God wants to work with us, His children. He wants to carry out His plans, not just on His own, but He wants to equip us. He wants to work with us in bringing about the, the beauty of salvation and, and reconciling all the world to Himself. Number three here, what is His purpose? What is Jesus' uh, goal in sending out His disciples is... He wants to win more souls to Himself. He wants to uh, work with us, send out disciple makers, and He wants to awaken people to the reality and the nearness of the long-awaited kingdom of God. Just as we went through the Advent season, the, the, the Israelites, the people of God, awaiting the Christ, awaiting the kingdom of God, and He's saying, Go and tell the people the kingdom of God is near. And the Christ, the King of the kingdom, is here. It is, it is near to you. Turn and, and submit your life to this King. Submit your life to this Jesus of Nazareth and receive the blessings of the kingdom. I see this here in, in verse, uh, in the verse where it talks about bringing peace. He's, Jesus says, when you go into a house, Say, peace be upon this house. That Jesus is wanting to bring peace, which is blessings. It's wellness of God. It's the prosperity of God. He's wanting to bring peace upon the house, upon the families, upon these people, the kingdom ways uh, of His peace. He also says to heal the sick. And then later we're going to see the disciples coming back and saying, 
We were even able to see demons delivered from these people. So Jesus is wanting to bring the blessings of the kingdom of God to his people in us knowing God and being saved, but also that the people would receive the blessings of his ways, the the joy of life uh, following and submitted to Christ. This is, this is the goal that I see him working out and, and really the goal that is for us because I think that's an important question because it gives us a sense of what Jesus was doing and it's really his work is the plumb line. His work is the reference for the work that we are to be about, for our lives and what we are to be about. Which leads me to the question, are we aligning our lives and our gospel work with His. And as we consider, how how's this last year been? How do I want to go forward? What are the you know, resolutions or, or things that I want to do differently in this next year? How am I, how are we aligning our lives and our gospel work with His? When we see the, the brokenness in our families, when we see the, the challenging circumstances, situations that coworkers, neighbors are, are facing, when we see the injustices in the world taking place in the world, do we think of the state of the souls of our neighbors? Do we think of the, the state of the souls of the people that are bringing about the fruit that we see in the brokenness around us? Uh, do we see the, the connection between the fruit or the fruit and the root. The root being the state of the soul and the fruit being the brokenness uh, in our lives. Because often the fruit of brokenness and unhealthy relationships is the result of the soul. Uh, of the root of where the soul is. If, if the unhealthy relationships often are rooted in uh, a soul that is walking in darkness and, and in bondage to the sin that uh, that God sets us free from. And amongst other things that is needed to bring health and, and change in these situations, at the core is an ambassador of Christ to bring the message of good news, of deliverance, of freedom, of life with Christ. And as the years uh, tick by for me, and I, re- I realize more and more how right Solomon was in the book of Ecclesiastes, right? If you remember the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon talks about how all of life is vanity. Life is full of vanity and it's full of opportunities for us to get off track. You know, are, we, are we aligning our lives with what God is doing? Well, it's, there's so many opportunities for us to get off of track and I want to give my life to things that matter. I know you do as well. I want to give my life to things that are eternal. And yet I know that there are so many opportunities and ways for me to get off of track and to give my, my time, my energy to things that really matter little. And the vision that I've tried to put before myself, before my wife, before my family is that I want to get two things right. Some other things there, right? But I want to get two main things right. I want to get our family right, and I want to get our church right. I want to get our family to where there is a 
uh, a love for God and, and healthy relationships, but that they would know God and that they would pass on the faith to their children and to their children. If I can get that right, man, that would make me a happy man at the end of my days. And then the second thing is I want to be a part of a healthy, faithful church that reaches people and makes disciples of Christ. If we can get those two things right, like, man, that would be sweet and amazing. Uh, but when I think of that second part, the church, being a part of a faithful church, uh, one element of that is something I think we do well and is, is helping each other, helping, uh, helping each other become faithful and flourish as disciples of Christ, living before Him, loving one another, serving that way. Uh, but I think another part of a healthy church, I think we do well, but I think we can grow in, is reaching the lost and multiplying. And this thing is something we're, we're, we're pressing into more. And, and like I said, I've been encouraged by, and I think it's been happening, and it's something even for my own life that I'm wanting to, to grow in. I mean, as I'm ministering to people and leading a, a community group and, and teaching and preaching occasionally and, and, and discipling people, it's like these are great ways for us to build up the body of Christ. But I know for myself that I need to grow in going to the lost, being an ambassador of Christ to the people around me that, that need to know Christ. So I'm thinking about who are the people around me that I'm interacting with and how can I be more intentional of pointing them to Christ or developing a relationship with them? Or what are some settings that I can put myself in that I can meet people and point people to Christ? Uh, those are some things that I've, I've been trying to, to think about and, and pursue uh, growth in this area. And then at some point here in the future, uh, near future, mid-future, at some point, we're going to be planting a church, and, and I'm going to be uh, being a part of that, and, and that's going to be another part of us going as ambassadors of Christ, of this church, uh, planting a church in this Lincoln region, where we can plant the, the gospel, the word of God in areas, in communities that need the gospel, that need to know who Christ is. And we're going to ask some of you to join us in this going. Uh, so be ready for that. We're going to be, we're going to be going. So, uh, so for you, where are you at with the going part of life before God, of being an ambassador of Christ? How, how have you been doing this with uh, being an ambassador of Christ to your kids, to your coworkers, to your neighbors, to your family. And what's one thing that you can do to take a step in this direction? What's one thing you can do to, to take a step in this direction? How can we grow uh, in, in honoring Christ or obeying His command uh, to bring His, His gospel to those in need? All right, so that's, that's my uh, first point of four. The last three are going to be much quicker. Uh, this, the, so we're, we're called to go, and we see this in this passage. Jesus says, go as ambassadors. But another part of being an ambassador, and I see in this passage, is that he calls us to receive, that we're to receive the ambassadors of Christ uh, in our life. So, as we saw here, 
He sends him out and he says, you're going to go bring peace as an ambassador. And then they're either going to receive you and welcome, welcome you. And, and in their welcome you, welcome me, or they're going to reject you. And in their rejecting you, they're going to reject me. Now, for many of us, this receiving of initial ambassadors is, is something that we've already done. We've, we've received the initial ambassador. We've received the gospel. We've been saved. We are a child of God and we're in many ways good there. But sometimes it can be different with the ongoing ambassadors that Christ sends into our lives. God loves to bring about our growth through other people coming into our lives, speaking into our lives and calling us to, uh, to love, to spurring us on to love and good deeds. Uh, and we are not exempt from being able to reject these ambassadors from Christ. That this is something that we can, we can fall into just like the people who rejected the ambassadors coming to them. And it can be pride that keeps us from allowing other people to speak into our lives. It can be rebellion. It can even just be a love for the world that, that leads us to not want to listen, not want to change various areas in our lives. And so if you want to continue to grow in your faith, to grow in, in serving Christ, then it is of utmost importance that we kill the flesh, that you kill the flesh when opportunities arise, when community group leaders come and, and want to be able to speak into your lives, uh, or when people want to uh, speak and, and help you grow in your faith, that we receive them and receive them as Christ sending His ambassadors into our lives. Uh, but also know that those opportunities won't always, they're not always going to be coming, knocking down your door. That sometimes we have to reach out to other men and women that we respect, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ that we respect, that are, that are walking alongside of us to say, hey, help me. Come, like, uh, speak into my life and, and hear about what's going on and help me grow and walk out this faith that we are to, to seek this out because of how important it is for others, ambassadors to come and to help us grow in our faith. All right, let's read the rest of this passage and finish out here. So 13 through 20 says, Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable in the judgment for Tyre and Sidon, and uh, it will be more bearable in the judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You shall be brought down to Hades. The one who hears you hears me, and the one who rejects you rejects me, and the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. And then the 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven.
So this third point is that ambassadors have authority that they are to walk in. Jesus gives authority to his disciples and then he gives us, he gives us authority as well. We see this with ambassadors of the United States that ambassadors are given authority from the president, from uh, the people of the United States to speak the will and the, 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 the words or the message of us, the people that, that they represent. And the same goes for us as Christ, that, that we are not smear, uh, merely speaking our words as we are interacting with the people around us, as we're going to our family, as we're going to people. We're not speaking merely our words, but we, when we speak in the, in the words of God, in the, the, the Spirit of God working through us, that we are speaking the will and the message of the King of the earth, that we are His ambassadors and He gives us authority Again, when we pray in His name, according to His will, when we walk in the power and the Spirit within us. And this is important because we face opposition, right? There's not, not everybody that we are going to go to is just going to be, yes, this is amazing. I love this. Come and tell me everything you know, right? We're going to face opposition and we're also going to face our own fear, our own doubt and our own sense of wanting to, to shrink back and not go forward in the authority that Christ has for us. So it's important that we hear and receive and walk in the authority that that Christ has given us. And some of this has to do with our words as well. And we see this with Jesus saying uh, His woes upon these different cities. Uh, These cities that saw His great power and saw some of His teachings, saw some of His mercy uh, uh, and uh, great grace given to them. And he gives these woes, which is like a mixture of, of cursing and judgment and even of, of, of great sorrow. So our words have power. Our words have authority. <clears throat> and we are to walk in the authority that Christ gives us. Lastly here, Jesus encourages the disciples and us to rejoice, not in our own authority, not in our own success, but to rejoice first and foremost in the position as sons and daughters of God. That we are to rejoice in our position as sons and daughters of God. You may be a successful ambassador. You may be a failure, which even a failure is a success if you're, if you're obeying Christ, stepping out, and, and someone doesn't receive you. That's really not as much on you as it is upon them. So whether, whether it goes really well or doesn't go as well, that we should not base our identity, our value on the success of our ministry, but on our position as sons and daughters of God. One of the things that has been of utmost importance in my life, of my life before God, is this aspect right here, remembering that I am a son of God and reminding myself of that in my time with the Lord, in my prayer, uh, there's a frequent reminding myself of who I am and what he has done. Uh, one of the things that I've embraced is, is a passage of scripture that says that basically all that I am and all that I have is because of God's grace. And that's such a refreshing uh, just word for my soul. God, thank you that all that I am 
And all that I have is because of your grace. It's not because of how great I am or how bad I am. I am your son. I am loved by you because of your grace and because of your love. And that that is where God calls us to, to rest in. That's where he calls us to, to stay consistently, daily, is in the position as a son and daughter of God. So as we close here, uh, the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful. Go and carry the gospel of the kingdom to those around you. How, how is God calling you to take a step of faith in this direction? How can you begin being intentional with the people around you, praying for more laborers uh, to set the captives free? And then not only going, but receiving well the ambassadors God sends into your life. As God sent people into your life, do you need to reach out to some people uh, to, to help them walk, help you walk through uh, what God's calling you to? And then third, walking with authority and all that Christ gives you and, and the mission, the work He's called you to, that we would walk in the authority He's given us and that we would rest in this position of adoption as sons and daughters of God. That you are uh, a son, that you are a daughter of God. Rest in that. And let's go and see more stories like my great-uncle Les and, and his salvation and him going. Let's see more stories like my, my life, your life, Let's see God pile up more and more stories that bring praise and glory to His name in 2022. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, thank You for Your salvation. Thank You for the mission that You have called us on. We pray that You would bless us with the authority that You've given us and that we would see Your power, Your love, bring transformation in the people around us through this church. God, we want to see your, your name exalted, people worshiping you and walking in your ways. In Jesus' name, amen.